watch that now uh, this morning. Good morning, Riverview. My name is Jordan Budke, and I'm your junior high pastor. It's good to see you. I hope you've had a wonderful summer. It's all winding down. Kids are going back to school. We're getting back to our normal routines. But it means that fall is right up ahead, and we have a lot to kick off here in the coming weeks. That means I have a lot of announcements to get to. I have them all written down so I don't miss anything. Let's get started. First one up, if you're a mom and you have little kids, we want you to come to Mom Life. It starts on September 5th from 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Check your bulletin for more information or come find us on the patio. Next up is our Widows and Widowers event. It's also on September 5th. It's a dinner that goes all the way until after sunset. Check out your bulletin and find us on the patio. Find out more information for that as well. Men, I have a few announcements for you. If you've ever looked at a smoked brisket and wondered, man, how could this get any better? I have an answer for you. It's merging brisket with tacos. Come September 3rd at 6.30 here at the church for men's group. We're gonna be having smoked brisket tacos. It's completely free. So come along, bring a friend, and enjoy some fellowship for the evening. With a, alongside that, we have Wednesday morning men's study. It's titled Being a Disciple. That starts at 6 a.m. and goes until 7.30. So if you can't make it on Tuesday evenings, come on Wednesday morning. It's a great opportunity. And then last up for men's, we have Raising a Modern Day Night, which is a six-week Bible study that starts Tuesday on September 10th. This is a great opportunity for you dads out there to take your son and to teach them what it looks like to be a modern-day knight for Jesus Christ. All right, all you couples out there, I don't care if you're married, engaged, or dating, I want to invite you personally, this is a personal invite, to date night on September 13th. There's going to be ribs, so I want you to be there. It's going to be great. Cost is $20 per couple or $25 per family. There will be childcare provided. Please see your bulletin for more information or stop and see us on the patio. All right, ladies, I have a list of announcements for you as well. Starting September 12th, Daniel Plan is starting back up. Daniel Plan explores both the spiritual and the health benefits of living a healthy lifestyle. If you'd like to get plugged in with that, see your bulletin for more information or find them out on the patio. Next up is Coffee Break, and that begins on September 18th. Again, see your bulletin for more information or find them out on the patio. And lastly, the Tuesday Women's Study is starting on September 24th. And both the evening and the morning services, or the morning and the evening, are going to be at the church. See your bulletin for more information and find them out on the patio. All right, church, that's all we have for today. Thank you for bearing with me over the last four minutes as I stumbled over all my words. But I'm just thankful you're here. We love you here at Riverview Church, and we are so glad to share our Sundays with you. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. And remember, live this week all for Him. But before I go, I just want to give a quick shout-out to all of those that are listening to us or watching us on Facebook. Greetings to you guys. I hope you have a great weekend. And uh, you know what? We'll see you next week. Amen. All right, Jordan. Thank you. So uh, we have one of our elders coming to lead us in a word of prayer for our offering this morning.
But I want to say this. It was his birthday yesterday. Greg Mangus. Come on. Happy birthday, Greg. 45 years old, I think. God bless you, brother. Amen, man. Thank you. Love you, brother. Well, uh, yeah, I was, I turned 69. Nice. Uh, yesterday. No way. You know, and uh, I just see, see it as uh, one year closer to that growth spurt I've been waiting for all my life. <laughs> anyway, let us go to the Lord in prayer. You know, Father God, we're so grateful for your church and the leadership that we have here at Riverview and this family of believers that are just so special to all of us. Lord, we just ask that you would bless the gift now and the giver. And we lift up Bruce and Sue Camp, uh, who lead and support Dual Reach Ministry. Lord, you know, just give them discernment and wisdom. Give them strength uh, and peace, and let them send your favor. Uh, we just ask all of this in Jesus' name. This is my 
your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. Still in your hand, this is my confidence. You've never failed me worship team for leading us in worship this morning. My, my prayer is that you always enter in to our worship time and lift up the Lord in your heart. Hey, time is flying, so we need to pray and get into God's word. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have to open your word now. Pray, God, that our hearts be ready to receive it. Thank you that you're here with us. This is all about you, Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in a series entitled Questions by Jesus. And last week we talked about where the nine, you know, the ten lepers that were healed by Jesus, only one came back saying thank you, and the need to be a thankful person. The need to thank God for all of his blessings in our lives. Today I want to talk about this, the question Jesus asked his disciples, why are you so afraid? I, I uh, have to admit, I'm with one of my sons, we were at this court, all of a sudden all these guys came at five on five. And I was going up for a reverse slam dunk and twisted my ankle. And I kept playing. No, I didn't. I can't, I'm lucky if I touched the net. So thank you for believing that I did a reverse slam dunk. I, they, they actually believed it when I said it. But uh, yeah, twisted my ankle. So it's a little, uh, little swollen this morning, a little tender. But it's okay. Here's the question. Why are you so afraid? Question he asked his disciples. Here's the bottom line of the entire talk today. 
Believing in the plans and promises of God is a great mystery for overcoming the fears of life that can so easily paralyze us. Living a life that is deeply rooted in knowing who your God is and the power at his disposal is an essential component of true faith. The more you understand about God, the more you understand about his nature, the less fearful you will be. If your God is a small God, you'll be very afraid your entire life. You'll live in a state of fear, and Jesus doesn't want that. Like it, turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Mark, one of the Gospels, the shortest of the four, probably the first Gospel written, and probably became a foundation for Matthew's Gospel and Luke. That's why they're called the synoptic Gospels, meaning all of them see Jesus' life kind of from the same perspective. And then John comes along, and 90% of the material in John is unique to John. That's why that's called the supplemental gospel, the, kind of the additional one that gives us all these additional stories about the life of Christ. Let me pick it up at verse 35, an amazing account. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Now, if Jesus wants to go somewhere, how many believe that Jesus is going to get there? If you believe that, stay seated. Amen. He's going to get there. If Jesus wants to go somewhere, being God in the flesh, he will get there. Nothing will stop him. Verse 36, leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other, other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling with water. But when he was in the stern, but Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the, the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear. The word there, fear, is phobos, where we get our English word phobia from. And said to one another, Who then is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? I like another gospel translates it this way. What manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? See, they began to realize that he was God in flesh. The reason why the winds and the waves obeyed him was because Jesus created the winds and the waves. He has absolute power, creating 400 billion galaxies by his spoken word. The amazing power of Jesus Christ in that boat with them. What manner of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, if I were one of the disciples, I would have been afraid too. Remember, many of these disciples were fishermen. They were accustomed to being on water, but they were afraid they were going to lose their lives that day. But Jesus still challenged them. Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? See, Jesus expected them to trust him. Jesus expected them, and they would hopefully get there one day. They still had a long way to go as disciples to grow in their faith, but Jesus expected them to trust him in the midst of the storm. And here's the first thing I want to challenge you with today. It's this, to have biblical expectations in your life, to realize that the disciples followed Jesus into a storm. Did Jesus know the storm was coming? Absolutely he did. 
Did Jesus know that it would be pretty rocky on the waters when the storm came? Absolutely. And if you're going to understand the Bible, you need to understand this, that sometimes Jesus will lead you into a storm, that following Jesus does not mean your life will be problem-free. There have been people that have, in essence, kind of implied that to me. Hey, I thought if I became a Christian, all my problems would be gone. The Bible never says that. I thought if I became a Christian, Jesus would solve all my problems. The Bible never says that. Jesus says, if you follow me, there will be trials and tribulations in your life. There are people who have had their problems increase once they've placed their faith and trust in Jesus. We need to have biblical expectations about our life with Christ. But there will be people that will hate you. There will be people that will despise you because of your faith in Jesus Christ. But Jesus will never leave you. Jesus is always with you. And he will, as he promises in Romans, work out all things together for good to those who love God. That's why we can walk without a state of fear in our lives. 2 Timothy 1.7, great verse, says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I wrote this, God's word tells us to not live in a spirit of fear or a state of ongoing fear, which will prevent us from even approaching and certainly not accomplishing God's will for our lives. We are to be courageous believers instead as we focus on the person and the power of our awesome God. See, that's what the disciples learned that day. What manner of man is this? that even the winds and the waves obey him. That same Jesus is with you every day. You do not have to live in a state of fear. You don't have to be afraid of what this world will do to you because our awesome God is with us and he promises a good result. I define fear as this, doubting God's presence, his plan and his power when confronted by difficulties, even danger when people oh, confront us about our faith and opposition paralyzing me into a life of missed opportunities to glorify God and increase the impact of my life. See, often when the problems come, it's then that your faith is most seen. It's then that the impact of your life is most powerful because people see in you a peace, not a fear, that comes from a God that is with you every step of the way. See, God wants us to live with courage. I define courage as this, living with faith, not fear, in God's presence, plan, and power. When confronted by difficulties, doubts that we may have, and opposition, freeing me to live boldly for God, glorifying Him, and increasing the impact of my life. Now, when we look at the situation and we read this account, we're like, man, I totally get where the disciples are coming from. I know why they were afraid but they had not yet fully understood who Jesus was. And Jesus was trying to up their faith, increase their faith in this amazing person that had awesome power that could speak into the winds and the waves and silence them in an instant. See, when God challenges us to be courageous, it's because we are connected to an awesome God. Like what one author wrote, courage is fear that has said its prayers. 
You've connected with God. You know he's with you. And I am not, let me make this clear, I am not saying that Christians should put themselves unnecessarily into dangerous situations to test God. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, there were a number of times when Jesus removed himself from people because they wanted to kill him and his time had not yet come. I believe that Christians ought to live wise as serpents, innocent as doves, to use wisdom in every decision we make, God's wisdom, but to be bold about our faith, to be bold about what we believe. Courage is that quality of mind or spirit that enables one to face difficulty, doubts, or pain with firmness and resolve. It is not the absence of fear. It's what you do in the face of fear. Now, we all have fearful moments. You know, there are moments I've gotten pretty close to a cliff, and if I fell off, I would die. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I, I gotta, that, that's kind of fearful. A little too close. Got to step back. Maybe moments uh, when you've been walking in a dark forest and you hear a rustling in the bushes and you're wondering, if that, that sounds like an animal. What, what kind of animal is that? Maybe being in a plane, hitting an air pocket and dropping 100 feet in a second, being a bit fearful at that moment. We all have that moment. What I believe the Bible is talking about is a person that is paralyzed by a spirit of fear. Afraid to confront people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Afraid to take a stand for Jesus. Afraid to face even a life-threatening illness with the power and the plan of God. Walking by faith. Walking by courage. That's what God calls us to do. And may we be a church here at Riverview that is number one concerned about the, the, the opinion of God, not the opinion of man, the opinions of God and what he thinks about us and the desire to walk according to the principles of God's word. I love what 1 Peter 3 says. It says this, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you'll be blessed. Have no fear of them nor be troubled, but in your heart honor Christ the Lord as holy. What he's saying there is, hey, Everything else in your life, Jesus, is number one. Christ has a special place. He's set apart. He drives my life. He leads my life. Always being prepared to make a defense. The word there is apologia. It's where we get the word apologetics from. To anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. To live your life boldly as a Christian, to hold your head high and say, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. I am not afraid of the opinions of this world. I am not afraid what man can do to me. I'm going to share this message in love and take a stand for Jesus. Here's the second thing I want you to remember from this passage. It's this, an applicational theology. What I mean by that is, if you really understand how awesome God is, and the disciples had a glimpse of it that day in the boat, didn't they? Jesus spoke to the wind and the wave, and immediately it silenced. Is and to live it out. If we really believe that our God created 400 billion galaxies, which he did, that our God became flesh as a little baby in Bethlehem, lived 33 years sinless life for us so that he could become the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for your sins and mine, to make a way for us to have a relationship with God, to die on a cross cruelly, a, a cross that was bloody and gory, and three days later rise again in victory. And we serve an amazing God. 
an amazing God who can take the fear out of our lives. If you're a high school student today or a college student today, live with boldness on your campus. Live with boldness for Jesus. My son is um, at Carlsbad High, and he's the president of the FCA group. I've said this to him numerous times. I said, Caden, if you're going to lead this group, you need to understand you need to live boldly. They may not agree with you, students at the school. There, Some may not like you, but if you live boldly for Jesus, they will respect you for it. To live boldly for Christ. If you're fearful, if you live fearful in the school, they will mock you. They'll put you down because they'll realize you don't really believe it. Live boldly. Be bold about your faith. Let students know this is what you believe and they will respect you. See, the applicational part is this. Stay focused. Don't panic. Even if Jesus seems inactive or silent. In this boat, where was Jesus at in this boat? He was on the what? The cushion, right? He was sleeping in the boat on a cushion while the waves are crashing into the boat. Uh, To the disciples, he seemed inactive, silent, as if he didn't know what was going on. But Jesus knew exactly what was happening that day. And when he woke, he spoke to the sea and to the winds and the waves, and they silenced immediately. There are times in our lives we're going to think, Jesus, where are you? You're silent. You may not be inactive. But that is only our failed human understanding of the situation. In reality, Jesus knows exactly what's happening. One of my favorite verses as I think about facing the problems in my life is this. Jesus said, the father knows when a sparrow falls to the ground and you are worth much more than these. You might say that seems amazing that our God is that intimately involved in his creation here on earth, but he is. He knows when a bird falls to the ground. If he knows that, he knows exactly what you're going through. And he's still calling us to live with faith, not fear, not to be afraid. Jesus said it. Well, why are you still afraid? Where is your faith? Have you still no faith? See, faith will conquer fear we really understand who Jesus is. I'm reminded again, not understanding that, not living it, it's like hobbling around on your faith like I am today. Just hobbling around, not fully whole. God wants us whole. He wants us walking with a walk that trusts him. I like this acronym. It says this, fear is forget everything and run. Let me get out of here. I'm out of here. Forget everything and run. But faith says this, fear aside, I trust God. I trust him. Fear aside, I'm not going to let fear dominate me. I'm going to let faith dominate my life. I kind of contrasted fear versus faith. Fear forgets about God. Fear forgets that God is there. We live our lives like we're atheists. We say we're followers of Jesus, the most powerful being in the universe. But then we live like we don't believe it. See, faith says this, I will turn to God in my problems and in my struggles. Fear inflates problems. I was reading in one article where it said, 95% of what people are fearful about, what they worry about, never happens in their lives. 95% of what dominates a person's fear never occurs in their lives. We are fearful about so many things that have such a little chance of ever happening, but it paralyzes us. Faith tells us, 
to face the actual problem knowing God is with us. Fear compromises God's truth. Fear minimizes the promises that God had made. Just like Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Have faith to believe me in that. They weren't there yet. And this will be a growth moment for them. But we know about Jesus. We know who he is. We ought not to compromise the truth of God's word. If there's a problem in my marriage, God's word has an answer for it. If there's a problem in my family, God's word has the answer for it. Now, God will never force himself on people. But if people read the word of God and apply his truth, that will begin to answer the problems that that person has. The sufficiency of the word of God that it faces all the problems that we have with God's amazing truth and tells us to walk step by step one moment at a time through that storm with courage, not with fear. See, faith does this. Faith trusts God's solution. Fear drags others down. If I was a dad who was fearful and, and lived my life fearfully, my kids would say, Man, what kind of believer are you? You have this state of fear, Dad. You're afraid of everything. So that would drag my family down. That would drag others down. But faith, true faith, lifts those around you up to live a life like Jesus intended for us to live, not to be fearful of circumstances around us, and not to live in that state of fear, but to trust God, to trust God. You know, I think you know, nine years ago, I had my heart attack. I didn't know it was coming. Genetic problem with my artery that I didn't know was there. And out of nowhere, the next thing I knew, I was in the hospital. Forgot everything. And the last thing I remember seeing is the fluorescent lights as they wheeled me through the hospital. And then had, for the next hour and a half, numerous heart attacks where they had to pump my chest or, or, or paddle my chest more than 30 times over the next hour and a half to try to get my heart going. In a coma for nine days, the nurses and doctors telling my wife that I would never go home again, that I had too much brain damage because I was dead on the table for too long. And that was a sobering moment. Obviously, I woke up uh, just amazed that after nine days in a coma that uh, th this had all happened. But to this day, so thankful for the additional time. And, and I know it's God's grace that gave me these additional years. My daughter was only one year old. She would have had no recollection of me if that had been my last day. For whatever reason, God gave me these nine additional years. And every day when I read the word and I wake up in the morning, I begin my quiet time by saying, thank you, Lord, for this new day. It's a wonderful gift. It's a wonderful gift. But I want to tell you this, that even if that had been my last day, there have been times I've thought about what would have happened to my wife and my kids. And I'm driven back to this truth. God would take care of them. God would take care of them. I need to trust God and his solution that no matter what happens, God is still in control and I need to trust him. I can't start to worry about things like that. And I've told my kids on numerous occasions, if I ever have another day like that again and I don't make it through, I don't ever want you to be angry with God. Don't ever turn against God as if God did something wrong. God's plans are perfect and he will take care of you and be that person who through that storm can trust God and follow God and be a light for him. See, fear destroys our testimony, but faith impacts the lives of others to seek God, the one and true God who created everything. Here's the third thing I want you to remember, to make wise responses, to continue to look to Jesus 
for the only effective life strategy and perspective, the only effective answer to your problems. What I love about this passage is they did go to Jesus. Even though they were fearful and afraid that they would die, in fact, they accused Jesus of not caring, right? They said, Jesus, don't you care? Now, if there's anyone in the universe you cannot accuse of not caring, it's Jesus. He's the one person that truly cares about us. They were attacking Jesus, but they at least took their problem to Jesus. And here's a wise response for all of us. Whatever you're in today, whatever problem you're facing, take your problem to Jesus. I love what Psalm 56 says. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust you. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh, what can humans do to me? To turn to God, to draw near to him. Sadly, so many people in their problems turn away from God and walk away from him. The challenge for a true person of faith is I will draw near to God in my problem, in my struggle, in my marriage, or my family, or my finances, or the workplace. I will draw near to God early on in my problem, not wait till it becomes an absolute crisis, but early on, draw near. God loves that. That's when God loves to show up strong in your life. See, moving from fear to faith, step number one is really this. Make sure you have a life-changing belief in Jesus Christ. You've made that decision. My decision was years ago when I prayed, Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. Forgive me for my sins. You paid the price for my sins. Come into my life and change me. I want to be more like you. That was the first step in my relationship with God. Have you made that step? Have you made that decision? Is it a life-changing belief? And you're living every day getting stronger and more confident in your faith, more bold about your faith, less fear, less being afraid, more saying, I'm a follower of Jesus and I have no regrets. Next step is this, to trust God's promises and to walk in faith courageously according to those promises, to persevere with the end in mind and to have this amazing joy in the Jesus with me journey. Jesus, I don't know what this life will bring, I know you're with me. Jesus, I don't know what these problems are that I will face, but I know you will stand with me and you will use these problems to grow me up in my faith. That leads me to point four. It's this. It's a growth imperative. Find strength in how the Lord has worked in your life in the past and proven himself faithful. You know, the disciples turned from this moment of doubting God to this moment of worshiping Jesus. Like, Lord, don't you care? To what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? My hope and prayer is that you and me, all of us together, in all of our problems and trials, will be able to turn it into a moment of worship and say, God, I have found you faithful. I love the song we just sang, right? God, I found you faithful. You have been faithful to me. And even if it means the end of my life, even then, God, you are faithful because you will do what you promised. Like Jesus said, if I go, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Does God back up his promises? Absolutely. Does Jesus have the power to do it? Totally. We should not live our lives in fear. What manner of man is this? 
Even the winds and the waves obey him. Big difference from teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They were growing up in their faith. So as we close today, I want to challenge you with a few things. Nurture a biblical worldview that empowers a fearless life. You know who God is. You know the power at his disposal. You know that he promises in this life we will have problems, but he will never leave us or forsake us. And that one day we will realize God has worked this all out together for good. The human perspective says this. Hey, God, these problems seem to indicate that you're failing in the God department. I have to take matters into my own hands. That's a sinful human perspective. Instead, we're to have faith in God and trust him to love biblical wisdom that empowers a fearless life, to say, man, problems grow me up and they open up opportunities for Christ to be strong and for me to have a testimony of his faithfulness, to love biblical wisdom, to love God's word. It's powerful. The Bible says it never returns void as you apply it to your life. And then next would be this, to trust God's sovereignty in the big and small problems of life. That empowers a fearless life. Do you believe God is in control? Do you believe that he knows when a sparrow falls to the ground? That every detail of your life God knew before it ever occurred? Yet he's working out his plan. And the more we follow him, the more we walk by faith, the more we'll see God work in amazing ways. I put it this way. In Christ emanates from who he is and what he did for me on the cross which strengthens my faith, especially during difficult times. As we close, I want to share this verse with you. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It's a powerful verse. And then Psalm 23, which is one of the most loved passages in all of human history, says this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear what? No evil. Why? For thou art with me. Your staff and your rod, they comfort me. God, the reason why I will not be afraid is because I have this conviction deep in my soul that you will never leave me, that you're with me. As we close today, be reminded of this. God is always faithful. Even when I am fearful, God is still faithful. God is always faithful when I'm faithless. God still remains faithful to us. And God is always faithful so I can fear less. And bottom line, as we leave today, may you know this, I am fearless because God is faithful. I will not allow fear to paralyze me in my walk with God. I will not allow fear to keep me from experiencing all that God intends for my life to accomplish. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our hearts in prayer today. as your heads are bowed today. Just say to the Lord, if you're led to do that, Lord, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to live my life in fear. I'm not going to live my life in fear. I'm going to walk by faith. And God, whatever happens, you're in control. And I will trust you. May we as a church live like that whatever God has in store for us, that we would walk by faith, that people would see in us a confidence that can only come from the living God. Lord, we love you today. We remembered what you did for us on the cross. What a great foundation to live fearless lives.
to live boldly and courageously for you, knowing that you went to the cross to set us free and that you won the victory over death. Only you, God, have done that. And our faith is in you. We love you today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together and sing this song. Your promise still stands. Great is your faith.